Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monica Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. From an early age, B. Pagels Minor found the tech world to be an exciting place. And driven by that excitement, they started from the ground up with a job in technical support. B worked their way through well-known companies like Apple and Netflix to work today for a Fortune 100 company. Though B was always curious by nature, they didn't quite know what options they'd have to pursue as they figured out what they wanted to be when they grow up. B recognized that they can learn how to do anything with focus. However, they also realized that it was easy for them to procrastinate. So, in order to avoid procrastinating, B made a point of always over-delivering on their promises. B is an authentic person in everything they do. Their authenticity is vital in building community, which is extremely important for them. Join us in this fascinating discussion with B, a conversation that you wish wouldn't end. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best ways to get in touch with B. Welcome, B. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, really want to dive in right away because we've been having an off an offline conversation, learning a lot about you. Super excited to share with our audience all the things that you are doing. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your story, your journey of how did B end up where B is today? Yeah. So it's actually, it's so weird. Like I, I, I often say that like most of my life feels kind of like an accident, right? You know, how did you know, it, if, if I had tried to predict that I would end up, you know, in California, in LA, living amongst Hollywood elite, like I literally was in a bit recently. And then I realized half the people on stage were people I'd watch in TV shows. <laughs> I would, I would have told you that you're absolutely insane. And that's partially because I was, I'm originally from Mississippi. So I was born in Mississippi to a single mother who was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and who you know, eventually, you know, she had a couple more kids. So I was the oldest of three kids there. And it, it was really kind of, you know, fascinating because my family's kind of divided into kind of like this. My mom's side of the family is very blue collar. My dad's side of the family is very white collar. And so I was really kind of brought up with this kind of idea that there's only two things you could do. So it was either work for the government because state jobs were very, very consistent and they were really great or mm-hmm. to become like, a doctor like there's like literally there's no in between and it, there's kind of a third it was kind of like out there it's like work in the church somehow so my dad's a baptist minister so there's a lot of ministers in my family but you mm-hmm. know they didn't actually believe anyone who was assigned female at birth should be a minister complicated so this right. is a little bit of like the dichotomy that i started off with and it wasn't really until i got into high school that i a guidance counselor uh reached out to me and was just like you know be white why are you only applying to like the university of memphis or the university of tennessee places like that and she's like you're very smart like you're very smart and you know she was also like you're black and i was like what does that mean and she's like she's like and this is like a white guy's culture she's like i think you could apply to some of these other colleges and not that i'm saying that you would only get in because of affirmative action but your profile is very interesting like you're a black kid from mississippi who's pretty smart try harder is basically what she was yeah. saying <laughs> extend yourself 
Yeah. So I applied and I actually ended up going to Duke my first two years of college before transferring to Northwestern. Um, and it was actually, I ended up transferring to Northwestern because it was in a city. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I was talking to my mom, I was like, I can't take these internships because, you know, in order to take an internship, you'd have to like move to New York or you have to move to like um, right. California or something like that. And we were too poor. Like there was just no way economically because a lot of the internships, they expect you to move yourself and then exactly. you'll start getting a salary. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't have that. And so, you know, my mom and I started talking amongst ourselves and we talked to some of my aunts and uncles and they were like, well, come to Chicago. You have family out in Chicago. And so during the summer, if you get an internship in, in Chicago, at the very mm-hmm. least, you could stay with us. And so it started off with that, but that's pragmatism. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have the same life as everyone else, but we can figure out how to still get you the same types of skills and same types of opportunities that you need to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it really was, you know, going to Northwestern, doing those internships really was this game changer because I discovered there were a lot more careers besides government jobs, <laughs> you know, besides being a doctor, being a minister and things like that. And in fact, you know, even though I actually applied to law school and started law school, I actually dropped out because I met someone in tech and tech was just so interesting. I was like, this literally, yes. it made my, it made my brain just like shoot off. Like, like I'm sure the electrons were just shooting in like every direction because I was uh-huh. just like, this is exciting. Like, I love what this is. Like, it's not boring. I'm not reading a case that I disagree with, right? That mm-hmm. other people yes. agree with. <laughs> and so like, let me, let me figure out how to be in tech. And so I actually started off in the very lowest rungs of tech. So I started off in technical support. So imagine I was like telling, explaining to people how to do control copy, right? Like that's literally, <laughs> I was like, control C is how you copy this so that you can put this out here. And I kind of made my way up. And one day when I was there, my CTL reached out to me. and was just like, hey, B, I'm tired of seeing all your emails about how our product is terrible. And I was like, but why? I was like, I just want to do the right thing for our customers. Like, how can we do the right thing? He was like, you should look into product management. And I was just like, okay, what's a product management? What does Mm -hmm. this do? And so I read, you know, a a bunch of books. Like I started looking at Marty Kagan's blogs. Marty Kagan's like a huge product leader. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is exactly who I am, actually. I was like, I did not know this is who I was, but this, I am a product manager through and through because I'm the type of person who any type of website, any type of, you know, hardware, if there's something on there, I'll just be like, but why did you make that decision? I was like, it much, it, would, it makes more sense if you had done it this way. Like, because, you know, the common denominator is I'm like very curious about how to great, create great experiences for people. Mm-hmm. And so from there, it just was an upward trajectory. So I, I, I started doing product management at that, that company. And I've just like kind of atten- continued to go on through other companies. So, you know, um, you know, I started off in Chicago, working in a lot of the startups and a lot of the companies there. So cars.com, Sprout Social. I got recruited out to California to work at Apple. Then I went over to Netflix. And now I'm kind of an independent person doing my own thing. But, you know, what I really learned about that is that I need to be more curious, right? So starting with my guidance counselor, she's like, well, why haven't you investigated all your options? And I was just like, well, because I didn't know I was supposed to have options, right? (laughs) And even, even having learned that lesson, I was like, wait, but and so when my, you know, my CTO came to me and said, well, you, you seem to have this personality, you know, it, again, it was like, oh, wait, I really need to do a much better job of this, actually. Like, I really am missing out here because, like, I need to be learning and teaching myself daily information mm-hmm. so that I understand what, what all the possibilities are so I could make reasonable and rational decisions for myself. And then also from a business perspective, it's just made me very, very invaluable because like, I'm just curious about everything. Like, you know, one of the things that, you know, my, my leaders often say is we can literally tell you to go figure out how to go to the moon. And if we give you a <laughs> couple of weeks, you will figure out how to get us to the moon. And I think that's the cool thing about that. It's just completely changed, you know, my brain and how my brain operates. Wow. That's a phenomenal journey. And I love some of the things that you shared 
in terms of one, you know, the, the importance of curiosity where, you know, like you said, being curious was super important because, you know, you very much like I, there was a lot of parallels there, grew up with a very limited frame of reference of what success meant, right? Like you said, it was either become a doctor or, you know, it was very narrow in terms of what you, what, what success looked like. For me too, I grew up thinking that you had to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, because I grew up in West Texas where, you know, petroleum engineering was the thing. Um, and then you get to college and you realize, whoa, there's all of this other opportunity, right? And so being curious and not being afraid to step into those things are super important. Now, I know that, you know, one of the things that you talk a lot about in your own kind of um, world and in your in, in your own consultant company is really thinking about authenticity, because like you said, you are also in tune of like who you were. You started learning when people were tapping you saying, hey, you might consider project management, but can you talk a little bit about how you gained that clarity in terms of really thinking about authentically, is this for you? Um, you know, how has that unleashed kind of success for you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so interesting because, so when I think about that first role, like, so that first role, it was a, it was a company called Sheriff's, which I love those, that the whole team was great. And it, I was there for almost five years. And when I was in that role, though, it's also when I was like really trying to become like both an adult. I was also kind of, I mean, in terms of the fact that I was like, I'm a lesbian, but I'm also like in this point where I was just like, wait, I feel a little bit different though than even being mm. a lesbian. Like I, then that's when I started to have this conversation with myself about being a trans person. And so, mm. you know, coming out as trans non-binary as well. And so what's really interesting about that is that, you know, so over a course from like 2013 to like 2016, I had like these tremendous transformations because I realized I was like, I have been trying to fit within one part of myself right you know like i was like okay in order to be successful professionally even though i'm black like i need to be preppy i need to look a certain way i need to talk a certain way like i need to be so like i used to i need to use all the big words i can't i can't use the vernacular <laughs> that i actually was raised with right even though that's exactly how i'm thinking about this you uh -huh. know I, I i can't wear sneakers like i didn't wear jordans like now I have so many Jordans, but I didn't wear Jordans <laughs> because I was like, I don't want anyone to think that like I'm from the street and like, I don't, I'm not a professional, you know, from a lesbian perspective, it's like, even though like, you know, I'm a lesbian, I didn't use pronouns. Like I was one of those people. I was like, oh, I'm just my partner, like, like whatever. I was like right. using all this coded language. And then I also was trying to perform um, within, you know, the LGBT you know, spectrum. I was trying to perform as like a masculine person because I was like, well, I do like boys clothes. So like, maybe I'm a stud, like, you know, so there's all these things that I was constantly doing to myself to put myself in a box to kind of like uh, uh, be to assimilate into what people expected of me. Yes. And what's happening is, is that like from a brain perspective, like from a, a mind perspective, I was spending, you know, half my time trying to pretend to be someone else. And, and the other half of the time, actually trying to be successful at the at both professional and personal things. And the thing is, you can't do anything well if you're only spending 50% of your time on it, right? Yes. And so going through and saying, actually, no, I am a Black, trans, non-binary lesbian who likes Jordans, who also likes tattoos, which I have a lot of tattoos now. I also started <laughs> doing that afterwards. I also have facial piercings. I never had that before either. I was like, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. And so what ended up happening is, is that as I became my authentic self, I just became so happy. And so, like, I had so much energy that my work got better, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yes. it went from, oh, B is, like, a really hard worker to B is the strategic partner that I need to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. So, it went from, I have a project, let me ask B to execute on it, too. 
I have this dream shot thing that I, I need help with. And I know that B can help me. And it's because I had the hundred percent of my brain to focus mm-hmm. on that thing that I need to focus on. And I wasn't trying to pretend and be something else. And and that's the thing that, you know, and, and it's actually really funny because I am a very analytical person. So actually, even, even though that's like, it sounds like this is like this, like this, this, you know, this light bulb went off. I actually created a list. So I had a pros and cons list. <laughs> I was like, what are the pros of B? What are the cons of B? And so when I first made that list, there was a whole bunch of cons on there. And so I started looking at those cons. I was like, well, you know, not comfortable with their identity. And so I was like, well, so what the heck do I have to do to get comfortable with my identity? And like, I steeped myself in my community, like my LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. I steeped myself in my black community. And then I was like, oh, I'm getting all this love, right? You know, you know, when, one of the other things, like I was always really poor, like I was really bad at following through, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I didn't want to follow through. It's just that if someone didn't say, hey, B, you know, um, did you do that thing? And I, I would just, when I was like, well, they, they don't care about it. It's like, and now it, it changed it. I was like, well, even if they don't follow through on it, I'm going to always do what I said I'm going to do because mm-hmm. that's part of the character that I want to have. This is this authentic person that I want to be is that a person who always follows through, who always does exactly what they're going to say they're going to do. And then I became like this person that everyone's like, well, you know, every time someone would think of something, they're like, let's ask B, right? Because mm-hmm. B yeah. always, like we can always trust, we have faith in them. And so it's just, it, it's also that like little bit of that, due diligence to understand who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Because like a lot of people, um, I think go through the world and they don't challenge that. They don't have that conversation with themselves of saying, am I a version of myself that I like? And it's like, you may not be, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And the question just becomes, how can you put together a plan to get yourself to that version that you would like to be? And, and I'm going to be truthful. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't have a kid. I, I wouldn't have a great career. I wouldn't have been invited on this podcast because, you know, the reason I was invited on this podcast is because of a mutual friend. And it's yeah. because, you know, she and I have worked together and we've been friends together. And it's because we have that relationship. So the authenticity is really the foundation of so much that, that so much greatness that you can have in your life. Wow, that's phenomenal. And, you know, you're I geek out just like you, but I'm all about the, you know, I'm into the research and the statistics myself, my my background in in DEI, but also how adults learn and other things. But your story actually kind of like solidifies a lot of the research where they say, uh, Sylvia Ann Hewlett's um, research on the power of out, that individuals who aren't having to cover, who can be their authentic selves and can be out in the workplace are actually 30% more productive because like you said, we're not worried about censoring the language that we're using or remembering like, what did I tell so-and-so? But the most important thing is trust because if you are kind of hiding a part of yourself from your direct manager or from your peers and they sense like something's off or like there's just some sort of wall and they can't break through it, you miss out on the trust that sometimes leads to opportunities and all of those things. And so I love how you said, you know, really having that introspection and understanding yourself, which is the most important thing of like gaining that clarity on what do you want to be known for? What do you love to Mm -hmm. do? Like, what are, you know, what are your passions and all of those things? And I think the story that you just shared so beautifully of just really stop, you know, stopping the, the brain from trying to fit into all of these, you know, preconceived notions of what we should be right and all of these labels that we should be and so i love your your you know what you're teaching about authenticity of just being yourself and leading with yourself and it unlocks so much of that potential because like you said you're not wasting that brain power on all of these other things that's phenomenal 
But can you tell me a little bit about, because we all have our own journeys, right? I myself, you know, coming from a small town, West Texas, very traditional Mexican-American family, oldest and only daughter, um, you know, and myself struggling with the identity of being a lesbian um, and needing to leave the conservative kind of West Texas <laughs> town that I was living in, moving to New York City and, uh, you know, thinking that I could be my authentic self and be out. But then you run into all of these other kind of like fears and limiting beliefs that you place on yourself. What are some of the ways that, you know, did you, did you struggle with that? And if so, how did you get past or overcome those fears and limiting beliefs? Yeah, you know, honestly, fear, fear is a bastard. That, that <laughs> jerk, right? Um, because he comes up when you least expect it. So, I, so first and foremost, I think the thing that you have to remember is it happens constantly. So even once, even once you think you've overcome one fear, there's always something else. Like right now, I'm a new parent. I'm so worried about so many things, right? <laughs> Congratulations, you know, it's like, am I gonna be good at this? <laughs> Thank you. It's like, am I going to be good at this? Am I going to be bad at this? Like, what do I have to do? Like, whatever. So like fear is a constant thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think first and foremost, like the number one thing I've tried to do is surround myself with people who remind me of who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Who remind me, it's like, B, you've, you've had a lot of, you've had a lot of stuff happen to you in your life and you figured out how to do it every single time. So, you know, that's the first thing. Have a squad, have, you know, your personal, you know, board of directors who you can go to to who remind you of who you are and that you have the ability to overcome. And then also who will also be those people who, uh, you know, when it feels debilitating, because sometimes fear can feel debilitating. It, it really, it, it makes your whole body ache because yes. it's so scary, right? Who will also kind of just be those people that I'm going to come over. We're going to have some, some, some food. We're going to have some drinks. I'm going to hug you real tight so that I can help you leave, like, have that fear leave your body. So that's first and foremost, have yes. that type of community around you. But then secondly, you know, this is, uh, it's a great thing to document, you know, Mm -hmm. so I have a tendency, like, even if it's like an email that I got from someone saying, you know, hey, be like, you know, like, it's, it's crazy that you were able to accomplish this thing. I go back to that personal catalog, right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm like, oh, I I don't feel like I can do this. I'm like, wait, but look at this. It's like one, two, three. And and the thing is, no matter who you are, you've had someone tell you something like this, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it was just, you know, if you were the church function. And you came through with the ice when no one else even thought about the ice. You, someone probably sent you a text saying, I, I know I, I appreciate you for always being the one who comes through. Like, go back to that personal, actually first document it, and then go back to that personal catalog of, mm-hmm. of how you've been great over time, because it's always a really great mechanism. And again, I mentioned that example of ice because sometimes people think it's big things. The yeah. thing is, it's actually sometimes really hard to show up every day for little things. So it actually is a big deal if you're like, you know, it's a big mm-hmm. deal to just show up, period. And it's not necessarily about I launched this big multi-million dollar campaign. It's like, no, I got my kid to, to, to stay asleep while I changed his diaper and transition him straight back into bed. That is a huge <laughs> accomplishment. It's a huge okay? accomplishment, yeah. Document it, document it, because that's part of it, right? So it's, also, it's, that, it's that constant reminder of how you've accomplished things in the past. And, 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 and that is what you have to use when you have this fear that that bastard comes up and tells mm-hmm. you you can't do something again because you've, you've accomplished something. And also, let's just be truthful. If you're any type of minority in America mm-hmm. and you're reasonably happy, you are legitimately one of the, you're, you're in the top 1% of humans, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, you've had a lot of things they're coming at you any given day, especially in these days. 
And so the fact is, is that you have to keep going back to, you know, who am I? What have I done? What am I going to do tomorrow? Because I already have this whole track record of mm-hmm. all this excellent things that I've already done. And then lastly, I will say, um, sometimes the world tells us like really, really weird information. And so even, you know, with my personal board of directors, even with my, you know, catalog of accomplishments, what I have to remember is, it's like what my mama told me when I was first born and every day of my life. And she said, you are loved. You are my baby. There's nothing you can do that will ever destroy that. Right. And so that's the other thing about it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be like that one person that that, like, that's the message that you actually should be listening to. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, go out and seek that one person. Now that's for me, it's my wife. So my wife is my biggest cheerleader now. And so like, she, she says the same thing. I was like, actually, that's probably why I married her. I was like, she says the same thing my mom said. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) but that's the thing. You know, also like, you know, there's, there's a, that's a, that totem pole person, that person who's like, like mm-hmm. all, all the storms, like the hurricane is coming. And in the center, you see that one person, try to find that one person, you know, um, who can also help recenter you in that moment too. And then also have that, like, cause, cause what I do is I hear her voice, right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and even as I hear those other things, all I can really hear is her because that's the thing that actually matters. Mm, that's beautiful. And, and, you know, that, that strength of the pillar that you're always kind of going back that kind of centers you. But I love what you said about the, um, cause the greatest hits list. So we're a firm believer at Beyond Barriers as well as the greatest hits list of, and I tell people go back to like kindergarten, pre-K, like the awards that you were getting of like, you know, perfect attendance or whatever it may be kind of like, you know, showing all of these things that, Yes, you can do that. And in those moments of self-doubt, like going back and reading that list and then like getting kind of re-empowered, right? That, yeah, I can do that. Here's this greatest hits list. And, and you kind of constantly keep adding to it. I think those are, those are um, amazing techniques. Now, I want to go back. You mentioned something where when you talked about how when you were redefining yourself, B, and coming up with your kind of like your brand and what you wanted to be known for, and you talked about that follow through of maybe in the past, you hadn't been that person following through, but you wanted to be that, right? How did you, what were some of the techniques or what were the habits and rituals that kind of helped you establish that? Like, what did you do to kind of shift that mindset and say, I want to shift that perception or create that, or, you know, perception is reality, right? Create that perception that then becomes the reality of B is the go-to. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, like I said, it started off with the list, right? Like mm-hmm. I, like I had to create the list of cons to mm-hmm. understand first, like what things do I even need to change? Right. Mm-hmm. And so follow through was a huge one of those. Second was about how I made people feel. So my natural personality is actually kind of like a little bit standoffish. Like, cause mm-hmm. I, so, so actually my therapist, therapy is great, by the way, y'all should <laughs> check it out. It's amazing. Yeah. My therapist is actually like, my therapist is like, you're actually a huge teddy bear. Like you love everybody, yes. but because you love everybody, you get very disappointed when people are not who they say they're going to be. And so she was like, you're very standoffish because of this. And I was like, okay, but so I wanted to be able to be my natural self, my authentic self, which is a teddy bear, but also still create boundaries, right. To mm-hmm. be successful and yeah. stuff like that. So those are kind of like two examples of really big things that needed to change. So from the, the, the following through, if I meet someone now, for instance, like I get their information, like, so either one, like I'll connect with them, connect with them immediately on LinkedIn. 
if we exchange phone numbers, I'll follow up and say, hey, here's a text message from me. And if there's something that we've agreed to, I'll say, no, by the way, we've agreed that I'm going to, I'm going to follow up and put something on the calendar. If it's, um, you know, email, I'll send an email immediately and say, thank you so much for meeting, blah, 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 blah. So first and foremost, it's do it quickly, right? Mm, yes. Don't, don't, don't give yourself time to think about it. Don't give yourself time to, to forget about it. Just do it quickly because as, as soon as you do it, you have done the follow through. So like I've, I've, I've accomplished the thing that I've said, yeah. right? So that's, that's the first thing. I mean, let, let's say on the flip side of it, it was cleanliness. Again, I know that my natural inclination is to procrastinate. So when I wash clothes, I literally bring them into the room wherever I am and I fold them as I watch TV because if I don't, they will be there for a week or two right. and they will not get done, right? So I have to do it immediately. In terms of like, you know, the the, the wanting to be more approachable and, and being someone that people want to be around, mm-hmm. I explain to people who I am. I'm like, hey, this is who I am. Like, I'm a lot. Like, I, I can be your best friend. We're going to be family, like blah, 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 blah. Or I could just be your colleague and I could just be the person who we have a business relationship. But we kind of establish what that looks like. So then I have this ability to kind of, you know, to, to, to perform friendship, if that's what I'm supposed to be performing, or if I can perform a business relationship. And so it makes it a lot easier for me to be my authentic self and be mm-hmm. like very approachable to right. those folks. Right. And so it's all about creating these mechanisms that you can do it in the moment for me. So like, I'm not a person who's like, I'm going to figure this out later. It's like, no, in the moment, I'm going to do this because I created this system that says instant action creates the most success for me right mm, yes and, and and it's really worked really effectively for me long term i love that instant action i actually probably need to take a page out of your book because i, I think you described me in some of those instances where if i don't do it right away um you know i it just it's it's gone right and so really i tell myself oh i'll get to that in a minute but if the minute goes by and it turns into a week and and then i i've kind of lost all a uh, concept of time so uh, thank you for sharing that because it's su- super important of like just having a bias towards action and holding yourself accountable i think that's the most important mm-hmm. thing is like you are now holding yourself accountable to do that i think that's fantastic I want to talk a little bit about community because you you touched on that a little bit when when it came to the talking about overcoming fears and really having that pillar and identifying that person who can kind of help center you, but then also really thinking about the people who surround you and your board of directors, which is so important. Can you talk a little bit about um, you know the the steps to building kind of that strategic kind of powerful board of directors? and how you leverage them in terms of mentorship versus sponsorship in some cases. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I, so I'm not bad at it, but I think I actually have gotten a lot better about it. So there's actually this person that I met a few years ago when I first moved to Apple, her name is Lexi Butler. So Lexi Butler is probably, she is the most, she's the best person I've ever seen in building a uh-huh. community. And so I, I'm going to describe a little bit what she does because I feel like I've tried to emulate a lot uh-huh. of what she does. So first and foremost, what I love about her is that she goes into relationships with no expectations, right? Mm, you yeah. know, it may become a friendship. It may become, you know, a business thing, or it may be that you'll never meet that person again. Right. But mm-hmm. she treats them all this. She, you know, it's just like, I am a human in front of you. I think you are a human in front of me. Let's have a conversation. So that's mm-hmm. first and foremost. So having no expectation, I think is great because I think sometimes when you put expectations in relationships, it creates the possibility that it could go really left, right? right? So for instance, I might meet someone like, especially being in LA now, 
you don't, you really don't know who you're going to meet. But but let's say I'm out at like a, a VC dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, and presumably most of the people at that VC dinner are potentially people who have money or who are investors, like whatever. Right. But at the same time, it also could be that one of those people is just a founder who's down on their luck, who's just really charming that you want to meet. And so the thing is, if you go in without having any expectations of who you're going to meet, and you're just like, I just want to meet humans, that's a really great first step. And so mm-hmm. that's the first thing. Just mm-hmm. look at people as people and don't try to put anything else on them, right? Mm, That's the first right. thing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, what I really love uh, about how she operates it is that she is literally an open book, mm, right? Yeah. You know, she's she's willing to have any conversation with you. If you're in front of her and you want to talk about, you know, uh, the state of tech, she could do that. If you want to talk about abortion rights, she can do that, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's comfortable. Like she has her opinions. She can't be moved from her opinion. I'm very similar in that way. And I, and I think that that's important because I think that also, you know, I can agree to disagree with you, right? Yeah. Like, you know, but we can have really authentic conversations and it feels good, right? Because when you leave a conversation with me, you're like, I, I like, he's a real one. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I have to pretend or be someone who I'm not around mm-hmm. them. And so I feel like that's super, super effective. And the third thing is the following up, right? So, you know, even when it's like, let's say if it's a blase conversation, but I'm just like, well, this person was like pretty cool. And, and you know, we were in a situation that was very busy. It's like, whatever, but they seem like interesting. I will follow up. I'm like, I found you on LinkedIn. You gave me your phone number, you gave me your email. Let me follow up with you. Let's have it like a one-on-one like coffee chat. And, and a lot of times those coffee chats are really profound, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's been some of those, yes. pro- those coffee chats where I was just like, you did not come across like this at all, bit, but I had a feeling if I just had a conversation with you later, like, it was going to be great. You were so great. I love it. Like, I want to be your best friend now. This is really, really awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's very simplistic. Now, the one thing about that, let's say on the flip side, there's some people that you meet where you're just like, absolutely not. However, as you talk <laughs> yes. to them, you're just like, wait, but that person, like, you know, like I'm, I'm listening to them and they, but their business is really interesting. Right. Like I mm-hmm. want to learn more about their business. And so sometimes like the person in front of you is not the person you end up with, like, you know, that's a part of your personal board of directors, but because they have a cool thing that they're doing, let's say you continue to follow up with them and you meet that person where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy I met that other person because they introduced me to this other person. So that's the other thing about that. Like, you know, sometimes conversations in the moment don't feel that real or that that Mm -hmm. significant, but then later on, they actually create so much more positivity from it. So it's also like not shutting down conversations, right? right? You know, I might meet. Elon Musk tomorrow. Elon Musk and I, from based on what I see on Twitter, we're probably not going to agree on many things. Yeah. But if he wanted to take me over to SpaceX and we could talk about space, I bet I would have a really great time. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so that's the thing. It's like that there's always that nuance of like how relationships can develop in ways that you don't that you can never predict. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so that's what's really cool. And then once you kind of have these actual relationships, it's like how do you com- how do you convert them into like long term? Mm-hmm. And again, it's like that continuum follow up. I primarily just like, so right now I, I've moved a few times. So majority of my friends and the people who I've been telling my personal board of directors don't live in the same city with me. So we can't go get coffee. We can't go get drinks. Right. You know, we're not going to get dinner, but what we are going to do is we're going to be sending, you know, text messages with news articles, with memes, with updates about our family, our friends, you know, I, and, and, and you know, I'm going to be asking like, how's your career going? Like things like that. So it's like also that constant conversation. You know, I like to say that when you're, when you're a part of my community, like the conversation never ends. Like there's never any hi and goodbye. Like in fact, actually I have to often do not say hi and goodbye to people period. Like, cause I'm just like, (laughs) no, 
the conversation is going to keep going. It's never an end for us. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. constant, it's a constant um, relationship that is always valuable to me. And I, I try to make sure people understand that it's very valuable to me to have them in my life. And when mm-hmm. I say value, it's not, you know, monetary value. It's just like, you give me life, right? Mm-hmm. Like being around you and having you in my life gives me more life. And that's the reason I want to, I want you around me. I love that. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Now, you know, you are... You practice what you preach. You are truly authentic um, in that. One of the questions that I'm sure, you know, that popped in my head that I'd probably get from some of our, you know, uh, our, our women in our programs is sometimes with authenticity is that fear of likability. Will people like the authentic me? Or if I'm too opinionated or if I just tell them this is, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, the whole thing of like needing to please or likability. What do you have to say to that? Because I, I have a feeling what you have, what you'll have to say is very interesting around that idea of authenticity and likability. Yeah, it's actually so funny because, like, so I go back. To, so first, you you hit the nail on the head a little bit earlier when you talked about trust. So uh-huh. when you're not authentic, people really don't trust you, and so that means that what you say can be perceived in very different ways, mm, right? Yeah. So like the thing is, I can say something that's kind of harsh that makes people that makes people squirm. But because I'm so authentic, they know I'm not coming from a negative place. Like I'm, they know that I'm just, I'm literally stating a fact, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a personal, you know, yeah. dig at them. It's not anything like that. It's like, no, B is, I can trust what B says. And so like, if B says my business plan sucks, it's not meant in a negative way. It's like, and it, cause, it, cause they know that like, I'm trying to, I'm giving you information to make you better, make you more successful. Right. right? So that's the first thing. So that, that trust thing is super important, but also likability is complicated, right? Because mm-hmm. people think likability is you agree with people. And a simple fact is, is we as humans, we don't evolve that much more from when we're babies if, if, to a certain extent. Like we, right. we have more intelligence. We can communicate. We can make poor decisions. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what we are, but as a baby, all you really want is for someone to give you boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. You want someone who's going to help you. It's like, no, you can't crawl off the couch, baby, because you're going to fall and hit your head. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's an yeah. act of love. Like that boundary is an act of love and it's actually, it's an act of, I care about you. And so what I found is, is that I can be like really harsh with someone and they freaking love it <laughs> because they're like, they're like B, you care about me. You do not want me to fail. Mm, you yes. want me to be successful. And so that's the thing. Like, you know, so uh, you know, obviously like there's a lot of that perception. It's like, oh, well, people think I'm a bitch because I said blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, they probably give you well, one first and foremost, who's a person? right? Like mm-hmm. you, you may not have a relationship whatsoever with that person, right? And then secondly, you can look at that person sometimes and you can say that person has not done the due diligence to be curious, to look at how the world operates, to think about what I'm actually trying to say. And so you can't really use that as a barometer for your own likability because that's 
the other part of this is like one if you become like this authentic person who can be trusted you can have these very difficult conversations with lots of people on the flip side of that the other person on the side of the table if they haven't done a lot of that stuff right or they're mm -hmm. a part of a group of people who have the tendency not to be curious it's not you it's them mm -hmm. right so that's the other thing about that so likability is i would say don't worry about being likable right mm, because yes. popularity and likability are two separate things right you could be very popular and not liked by a lot of people correct right? yes but it's not very often that you could be unpopular and be liked right and so i always tell people like i'm probably like the class president right like a lot <laughs> of people will vote for me not everyone is always happy with everything i'm saying to them right because i say very like i have very difficult conversations with people because i care about people right mm -hmm. and i don't want people to fail but the simple fact is I will still probably be class president because people continue to say, like, actually, it's, it's, so this is a really, so I work in, I've worked in tech. So I've worked with engineers and yeah. people will be like, B, sometimes I feel like you're my parent who's like spanking me all the time. And I'm like, yes, because I feel like I need to be your parent who spanks you all the time because you <laughs> can be so great. You can be so great. I don't understand why you're not trying to be as great as you can be. And it's my job as someone who loves up on people to help you reach your greatness. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not always likable. And I would, I would tell people to get rid of this notion of being like, liked, right. Cause mm -hmm. being liked yes. is not really the goal, you know, because when you're trying to be excellent, it doesn't always work. I mean, Hillary Clinton, the reason she's excellent is not because people like her. I mean, a lot of people don't like Hillary Clinton, but she's, she's right. Same thing about Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren is the most, honestly, I just want to go hang out and have coffee with Elizabeth Warren because I bet you I could tell her five things about my life and she'd have a plan for me to, like, to, to supercharge it. That yeah. woman is just, like so smart, so talented, but she's not always liked, but she's right. excellent. So I would say try to be excellent and then the, mm. you will be the class president, you know, and, and that's better than being the class clown who everyone who, who agrees with everyone. I love that. I love that. Be excellent and not the class clown. I love it. So I could talk to for hours, but I know that we've got to bring this to a close. So I'm actually really excited to ask you our lightning round questions that we ask everyone in closing, because I think these also kind of give you a, a, an insight that maybe we wouldn't have known otherwise. So uh, what book has greatly influenced you? Yeah, so there's, there's just one. It's uh, Inherit the Wind. So mm. Inherit the Wind is the book about the Scopes trial. So it's about like, you know, you know, uh, evolution versus you know the, the, the bibles right. version of it but what i love about that book at the end is that the attorney who won the case uh actually had sympathy for the the the, the attorney who lost the case had sympathy for the one who won the case because they basically said that person needed it and i just remember mm -hmm. thinking so sometimes winning isn't the point sometimes it's about how you treat other people oh wow i love that i'm gonna have to write that one down and and get it Next question. What is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Yeah, so I actually have this one tattooed on my arm. Um, so there's a book called The Little Prince. It's my favorite book. It's actually, it's one of my favorite books of all time. <laughs> and it's, uh, so the, the quote is, it's, and now here's my secret, a very simple secret. It's only with the heart that one can see rightly what is essential is visible to the eye. So again, you know, I'm a very heart focused person. Mm. So it just makes sense that that's something that really resonates for me. I love it. What is one word or moniker you would use to describe yourself? Truth teller. Ah, oh, yes. I love that. I always tell people in their network, you need 
the friends that are going to love on you and lift you up, but you also need the truth teller. <laughs> and, and for all the reasons that you shared in the podcast of, you, you know, that person cares for you the most and is actually going to bring out the best in you. I love it. What is one change, habit, behavior, action uh, that you implemented and it made your life better? So I already mentioned, you know, always following up. So maybe the thing that I would say uh, for this one is actually trying to read one news article a day. Mm. Yeah. Open up the perspectives. That's right. Mm -hmm. So this one's my favorite. So, all right, B, you're walking out on stage. There's a few thousand people. What song will be playing in the background as you walked out onto the stage? So this is really easy because this is the song that plays every time I do a keynote. It's called Queen by Janelle Monet and Erica yeah. Badu is on there too. That like that song just gets me going. Every I love time. it. I'm going to have to make a, a list of all of our podcast guests, uh, you know, stage songs. I think it's going to be a powerful, powerful playlist. Oh yeah. The Beyond Bar- Barriers, like, you know, playlist. That would be amazing. Yes, definitely. It's, it's on the list. We're going to do it now. Well, B, thank you so much for all of this time. You have been phenomenal. And I know for a fact, we get this all the time where, you know, people will reach out and say, oh my God, I loved B and everything they had to say. How do I get in touch with them? How do I follow them? How do I get more of B? Yeah, so first and foremost, everyone on the internet, I am just B Pagels Minor. Um, so Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, B Pagels Minor. Also, uh, one of my colleagues and I, we just launched a podcast called The Drops Podcast. Um, if you go to Anchor, you'll find all the different links that we're listed at. Uh-huh. Uh, but basically, the podcast is just trying to give practical business advice because we just got tired of being advisors for companies and realizing that they weren't following business, you know, business principles. So right. we launched this podcast and hopefully it's helpful to some people. I love it. Well, B, let us know how we can be helpful to you um, and your podcast. We'll put the links on our website along with this episode. And again, thank you for your time. And I look forward to connecting with you, having coffee, getting to know you and, uh, and learning more from you and learning to be authentic in in every way. So thank you again for all of your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.